Hidings to my galactic brethren. I am here with the lovely K-Rom Music today. And for our first interview of this project, we have Kara talking about her ghost stories in Belize and underwater adventures and music and the lessons that she offers. She studies yoga. This person is just all around incredible, so thoughtful. Um, I just loved getting to bounce ideas back and forth with this person. This is our first conversation that we've had. This is the first interview that I've ever done. So there were a lot of like loose ends um, that we came into it with. And I think that the episode married itself nicely with what ended up developing within the conversation. Um, the first noise that came out of my mouth is a really loud hi. I keep bringing that up in every intro I record because I think it's obnoxious. And I didn't want to release this episode because of that noise. But I found that the way we segue into conversation was really nice and clean. And that it really, I, I appreciate the rawness and the vulnerability of it being exactly what it is because I'm doing this for the vulnerability and for expression, for expression's sake. So, with that being said, I hope you enjoy this interview with K-Rop Music and stay to the end where you can learn more about her and how you can get in touch and get some music lessons from her because I am, I actually have a lesson with her today um, about shadow singing. So if shadow singing or intuitive singing or learning how to play any of the 10 instruments in your bedroom, if you're like me, um, if any of that interests you, you should totally check her out at K-Rom Music. And she's on Instagram as K-Rom Music as well. Um, that being said, you know what time it is. Let's get to it. See you on the other side. Hi, how's it going? Hi, how are you? Good, good. Can you hear me okay? Yes, you sound great. Sweet. Okay. Awesome. 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 How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, we can start off with basics, which is, is your name Kara or Kira? It's uh, Kara. Kara? Okay. <laughs> Thank you for That's asking. what I thought. Yeah, Kara Kraus. Um, yeah, Krause. Is, Krause? Uh, think, oh. Yeah, it's a, an adopted name, actually, so I, I, that's how my family pronounces it. Um, but I've heard some people say Kraus, actually, too, so who knows? <laughs> well, it's whatever you say it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Awesome. For sure. Okay. Well, um, cool. How did you find Soberish? Um, I actually had met a friend online and she like just through conversations we kind of figured out that um we were both into like and I, I actually hadn't really met a lot of like super woo people before mm -hmm. this so she started saying like some things that made me think you know she might be into that and I was like oh okay um you know well let me see if this works and she um yeah she was she's super into tarot and like soberish and everything so she told me about it actually and I started listening and was like wow this is like kind of mind-blowing and stuff and like very much changed my own um ability to like accept myself in those ways because I didn't really have a lot of that before you know so yeah 
Yeah, that's really awesome that you're able to get that kind of like validation for like this part of you that you're like hiding away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's how a lot of people who uh, are in this community feel, you know, I mean, even just believing in tarot cards. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know believing about it. Yeah. Right, right. It's more fun to believe. Yeah. I'm not just going to sit here and talk about other people's podcasts. Obviously, I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's so cool that, I mean, I've been listening to Silvers for a while, but I also started listening to uh, Karen Rontowski's podcast mm-hmm. and um, Mana, Moth Mana. On yeah. Twitter. She has hers and. Real Witches of the End Time. Podcast. Um, there's just so many now. Like, everybody's doing their own, and they're all so good. It's, it's awesome. I love all the perspectives. It's literally the mirror ball. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, very, it's very awesome. I could actually feel, like, right before we started having this talk, it was like I could feel the channel open where it's like I was struggling to think, like, oh, what are we going to talk about? And, like, like, anxiety brain started, and then it was just like, you're here. Yeah. yeah, I feel that. I definitely kind of felt that too. I haven't done, I mean, I haven't really done anyone else's podcast. I had a podcast for a minute, but um, yeah, I was a little anxious too beforehand. And then, yeah, I feel way more comfortable now. So, well, what things were you anxious about? Oh, I mean, first of all, just, you know, talking about this like kind of stuff, knowing it's going to be recorded and everything is like, I'm like semi out of the woo closet, but right. not fully, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to get there. I'm hoping to be able to be like more honest with people about just, you know, the things that I've experienced. I mean, it, it's weird. Cause you start to say like my beliefs, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Ooh, is that weird? Like this is <laughs> like a belief system or something, you know, but it's really not even that it's just things I've experienced at this point, uh-huh. you know, so. so yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be cool. institutionalized. No. Yeah, of course. There's, I mean, there's always that fear of like, and that, that's something I've been thinking about a little bit lately is that you can believe in Christianity or Judaism or any type of religion and that's fine you know but you go start believing in past lives and like intergalactic beings and stuff and it's like oh we gotta you know make sure she's okay what's going on with this? so yeah it's yeah frustrating in that way um I feel like that's a bit of a bias but I don't think it's much of a bias as much as like uh a concrete perspective like growing up in the south I mean it's pretty much you're yeah. either a Christian or an atheist so right, to right. think that like oh like I like I came to all my like I came to most of my beliefs before I found Jessa like from the perspective mm-hmm. of like yeah I was always pretty woo but in a very scientific way which is just yeah. like oh anything is possible and we're made of star stuff uh, but like right. yeah exactly and then I had more mystical experiences and it's just like oh like this is all of it but like and I like people would be like oh I didn't think you had faith and it's like no I have faith it's just not what you identify like I don't just give all my personal power away right yeah yeah I mean I don't know just it's yeah religion is I'm also from the south so I grew up going to church and um 
believing that that was like the only way to be, you know? And I mean, it's very fear-based that whole, like, Mm -hmm. this is what you do or you go to hell. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I grew up that way and my, all my family being that way and everything. And, uh, I always had my own personal experiences that were completely different from that. And like, you know, seeing ghosts and, and having like spiritual experiences that were completely outside of any religious like structures. And yeah, and just like being surrounded by these people who were like, no, you believe in God, Jesus is the way, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it felt very much like I had, you know, you have to keep that to yourself. Otherwise people are going to think you're out of your mind. So um, it was very cool. I think I mentioned to you before, like my mom uh, was like very heavily involved in my awakening process. Yes. That's weird with the religion and that. So I'm interested. Sorry, you're talking. No, 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 you're good. Um, Yeah. She, she was like super religious when we were growing up, when I was growing up too. And like, um, I mean, to the point where she'd be, I remember this one time we we're like walking through the mall and she's on the phone talking to my aunt about God and she's like crying on the phone in the mall. And I was like, what is going on? Like that, this is like, you know, I was a kid. So I'm like, this is embarrassing. Like we're in the middle of a public place. Why are we doing, you know, but she was always super religious and she had like prophetic dreams and stuff too, mm-hmm. uh, where you know, God came to her and told her she was going to have a child. And then she had my siblings and she had, she had dreams about all of us before she had us and stuff. So she was having legitimate, like mystical experiences too. But at the time that was the language she had was to talk about it in terms of Christianity, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, she actually started, she, she, well, she remarried and, um, her previous husband was very Christian new husband was an atheist mm-hmm. so um oh, yeah. that kind of put her into the perspective of like listening to him talk about it and stuff and eventually she started talking to me about like crystals and meditation and like all this different stuff and it was around the time when I started getting a little more into mysticism as well and I was like well, this is cool that we have this kind of journey at the same time you know so definitely yeah that was that was very interesting and then um yeah, we went to Belize for um, a trip that my mom took me on. It's like the only time I've ever been anywhere like that. It was beautiful. Um, but where we stayed was very heavy spiritually. Like we were right off the coast on this very small island. And it uh, I just had this like immediately when we got there just looking at the way the island was and how close we were to the water it was like there's had to have been shipwrecks and like accidents and like slavery and all kinds of stuff here you know and there was just this like heavy energy of a lot of leftover um sadness and like fear and stuff and my mom and I both felt that very heavily when we were there and we talked about it a lot like we had really really intense nightmares and um I mean, we had a lot of fun. Like it was a fantastic trip, you know, but we were also very aware while we were there of like, oh yeah, there's been like, like a lot of shit has gone down here, you know, was kind of the energy. And so I think like this one night, my mom and I both had these awful, awful dreams, like 
gory, bloody death type dreams, which is not normal for either of us. We're both very like pacifistic and like nonviolence type people. So Mm -hmm. it was like, whoa, this is, I don't even know where my brain got this, you know? Uh, But I had, yeah, this, this like awful dreams. And then I remember waking up and it was like, I was surrounded by like voices um, in a very like, like not the most comfortable way, you know? Uh, and the, and there is like a lot of, just a lot of pain and, um, like crying out for help and anger. And so I wake up and I'm like in the middle of this like cabin on an Island in a foreign country on a futon bed in the living room, you know, like, holy <sighs> shit, what do I do right now? I mean, cause I've had like paranormal experiences but that was one of the strongest times ever where I'm like I can hear it it's like I can feel it it's there and I was like what am I what do I do with this oh my god what did you do um (laughs) so (laughs) I uh had this like mantra just kind of come to me and this was actually before any kind of awakening or knowledge of like light beings or anything like that, you know? So I just had this mantra come to me. It was like, I'm a being of light and love. Nothing of nothing with dark or negative intentions can have any power here, basically. So it was like what came to me and I just kind of started repeating that over and over. And then um, I remember thinking about like my mom and my two sisters and just trying to sort of gather all of the love that I felt for them, like in the center of my being and kept chanting this mantra over and over again. And then eventually when I kind of felt like it was like ready, ready, um, I just kind of like washed all of that energy through the room and it kind of like, I guess, cleared it out, you know? So that was, um, I guess, one of the first experiences I had, like, consciously doing energy work. Because I think I've always sort of been sensitive to that stuff. But, yeah, it was, like, yeah, very um, very strange experience for sure. Because at that point, I had no other knowledge or experience like that. And I was, like, I don't know what just happened. But, uh, okay. Hearing you even describe that and, like, visualizing myself, it's just, like, the way it sounds – so real like (laughs) like you can't you can't make this up it's not like extravagant but it's terrifying yeah it I mean it wasn't like cabinets flying open things flying off of shelves paranormal experience you know but it was like I mean some serious energy that I there's certain stuff that like you can't deny it's like you can just feel it you know yeah yeah wow it was I mean, energetically, I also, oh my gosh, I forgot. I also had basically like my first like astral out of body type experience. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to call it really, but we were on, um, we did, I went there with my parents and we did a lot of scuba diving. I got certified to scuba dive there, which was awesome awesome and beautiful. I love the ocean. I'm like so into the ocean. So it was awesome. Um, but this one trip, we had gone way, way out into the middle of the ocean to go to this like small little cove area and um, took like a small boat mm-hmm. way out into the ocean. And so I guess the waves, like <laughs> when you're on a small boat and you're like really in the middle of the ocean, the waves get intense. Like the seasickness is pretty intense. So we were on the way back from this trip and I was like heavily seasick, just kind of sitting there like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so long and (laughs) 
she's trying not to throw up in front of all these strangers because there's like 20 people on this boat, you know, Perfect. and um, everyone's like offering me tequila and fruit because it's like, a, you know, this whole thing, I'm like, oh my God. And so at one point I remember I was just kind of sitting on the boat with my eyes closed and my like head hanging down and I'm just trying to kind of breathe and mm-hmm. focus and not feel too nauseous. And then I started seeing fish swimming under the boat and I was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I remember like I opened my eyes and I like looked around and was like, okay. And I like closed my eyes again, kept breathing and stuff. And yeah, there was, I was like seeing like fish and all these different creatures like swimming around under the boat. I was like, all right, I don't know if I'm like seeing through the boat or if this is like another level of what's happening here, but like, I'm just going to go with this, you know? And this was, again, one of the weirder experiences that I've had. This whole trip was like crazy, but. Sounds like a trip. (laughs) (laughs) It was, but um, I, yeah. So as I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of like meditating and allowing like whatever's going to happen, I'll just like see it. And this very large sort of like, I mean, it was like a sea god type being like started swimming up from the bottom of the ocean. And he's had this like long flowing hair and huge like, but like the way you would picture like Poseidon. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking when he said it. (laughs) That's funny. He was, yeah, very much like that typical character. And like, there were these mermaids that were just like swimming around him and he was huge. He was gigantic and the mermaids were little bitty compared to him. He's like swimming up and I could tell like he noticed me, um, Mm -hmm. but he was very unconcerned with my presence. He was kind of like, whatever, you know? And I remember also his eyes were sort of this like, glazed over like whitish gray color like no pupil to them or anything you know it was was, like very super weird and so he's like swimming up and I'm like whoa okay and he's just like doesn't care about me and I I was very seasick and I remember asking him like I was like hey basically gave my gratitude first I was like your ocean is beautiful it's like an incredible gigantic majestic ocean and I love it and I'm so grateful for it and I'm so impressed um I'm just a little seasick and if you could maybe just like calm the waves down a bit that would be awesome and again he was like very unconcerned but he kind of gave me this like whatever vibe like where he was like okay fine and (laughs) so like right after that the waves just like chilled out and the sea was like really calm for the rest of the ride back and I was like all right well that's wild again yeah don't know what happened with that but um yeah it was pretty cool it was it was pretty (sighs) yeah I I don't know if it was like an astral sort of like left my body or just started but yeah like regardless water's really good at like absorbing and like carrying intention so like one, like, yeah. there's that whole, like, the archetype had to come from somewhere. But right. also, yeah. like, even if you didn't, like, there's still a lot of ways that that experience could be very metaphysical. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, personally, I think that a lot of, like, gods or deities are, like, the spirit of, um, cause, uh, like, you know, everything is alive. Everything has its own mm-hmm. energy and, like, vibration. And I, I think that's just the spirits of those things. So when you see like a sea god, it's just, just literally like this kind of spirit of that collective collective 
ocean body, I guess. Um, it's what it seems like to me, but <laughs> who knows? Yeah. So that was, I guess I would say I was around 2015. Um, so it was almost like a little like mini awakening because then I kind of like came back and nothing really happened. Like I did make a lot of changes in my life. Like I remember I came back and, um, I had started seeing one of my exes mm-hmm. like right before I went on this trip. I had started talking to one of my exes again and we talked like all throughout the trip. And then I came back and I was like, you know what? I don't think, I don't think we should be doing this. Like we just came back and I was like, I think I need to like move forward with my life and we shouldn't be trying to like rehash this old stuff. And I have this whole fear of you leaving and everything. So it was a very transformative experience in some ways of like, just the way that I, I perceived myself and the way I carried myself. Yeah. I, think I felt a lot more confidence after that somehow. So somehow do you have any like reason why? Do you think your like avatar just kind of evolved a little bit? I think yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess that's a good way to put it. It was like, yeah, a little bit of a like a leveling up of like coming into my power a little. I mean, and I've had lots of ghost paranormal experiences when I was growing up um and a lot of them were fun and like cool a lot of them were really fucking scary too um so yeah I mean I did almost reach a point with that stuff where I kind of didn't want to fuck with it too much because I don't know it was like it was like training and scary and I think I'm a little bit of like an emotional sponge um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So when I did encounter the like stuff that's on that plane it would tend to be very heavy for me to kind of like experience that I guess. Um so yeah at a certain point I was like you know what I just need to like not give attention to these like supernatural experiences that I'm having. Yeah. I had some shit that had like followed me around and like annoying stuff and was like you know what I just need to ignore these things and they'll go away and a lot of it did for sure but um yeah I think I think maybe having some paranormal experiences where I was able to somehow reclaim that power over the situation um may have helped me regain some of that confidence you know, where it wasn't just I'm in this paranormal experience and I don't know what the fuck to do and I'm just scared out of my mind, you know, it was like actually managed to clear the energy and like calm everything down. So I think it was kind of empowering in that way for sure. Yeah, I'm getting some sea serpent vibes. Interesting. <laughs> That's like funny. Just, my, sorry. Uh, my mom had a whole a whole serpent experience while she was there. I, I wouldn't be able to like describe it in detail, but she had this whole um, experience there. And then also she went to Mexico and there's like a black snake legend in Mexico that she had. I, yeah. I, I can't remember all the details, but she, yeah, she had a very snaky experience too there. Yeah. I don't even talk to your mom too. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. She's, I'm just uh, kidding. She, She's I just super cool, but <laughs> I like the idea of people's parents, but actually interacting with them. I'm just like, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. it's hard to like, it's weird to think that like Jessa is someone's mom. <laughs> I, know, right? I think about that often, actually. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you were talking specifically about that, like when you were like clearing the energy, I had a similar experience, but I was. 
I was tripping acid in the woods and I was oh, just yeah. so scared because I was like walking around by myself and like then I was just had this thing and it's just like imagine the people you love and how much they love you and I was just like imagining all the people who like loved me and like built myself like a bubble of their love and then I'm like I'm fine yeah, and then I was awesome. fine, like, just because, like, I just, like, protected myself and that. I just felt like I was floating around a pink bubble, but I also felt a lot of, like, warrior energy that day, too. It was nice. Yeah, it was weird. That's awesome. I don't know. That was a weird segue, but that was, like, the most I could think of, of, like, really feeling, like, energy transmute. But that was obviously all psychological, but it's still interesting, nonetheless, because it's, like, yeah. different levels of the thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I think even when it's like, like you said, like psychological or you're like tripping or you have some kind of experience where it's like legitimately just in kind of your own mind, I think, I mean, it's still real, you know, it's still the, I guess the best way I can explain it in my mind is like your senses and your experience are the only validation that you have that reality is like real, you know, otherwise mm-hmm. there's no proof. There's no like going and checking in and making sure like this reality is real. Right. Um, <laughs> so like anything that happens is real. Like if you perceive it and you experience it, it's like, it's real on that level, you know? Um, that's an interesting that's- way to think about it. I thought I heard, like, I guess when I was younger, I was, like, a pretty pure channel, and I, like, went to the mental hospital, and I accidentally told them that I heard voices, oh. and then I got in so much trouble. It's like, oh, yeah. never again. Never. You don't hear any voices. Yeah. But, like, oh. they are real things. Yeah, that's, oh, man. I'm sorry you had to experience that. It's, yeah, that's, I mean, it's tough because y- there's... Like, how do you find the balance between experiencing what you experience and then protecting yourself in that way sometimes, you know, because you want to like speak your truth and be honest about it, but then you don't want to get into that kind of situation where everyone's thinks you're crazy. As soon as I said, like, I did acid, I was like, oh, might have to cut this part out. But that's dumb. I literally started a whole, like, chapter of a club at my university, which, uh, like, the club is students for sensible drug policy. Like, uh, I, you know, I went bold on out there. Like, it's a whole part of my, I mean, not my, like, being a drug user isn't part of my identity, but, like, bringing validation to people who use substances and, like, I think the war on drugs is a war on consciousness. So, like, I'm very vocal about my substance use, but at the same time, like, my dad listened to the first episode of my podcast. This is why I haven't recorded any other episodes because, like, you just sounded like you were really high. And I'm like, dude, I was stone cold sober. That's just what I actually think. So, I don't want to, like, people think that the only reason I believe what I do is because I did too many drugs because I really, I I don't do nearly as many drugs now, but I feel more paranormal. So, (laughs) right. Yeah, I definitely feel you on that. I I mean, I've had my fair share of like sort of paranormal experiences on drugs, you know, not mm-hmm. like and I never got like too heavy into that either, like kind of experimented a little bit, but um mostly with like just like psychedelics and weed. I yeah. do a lot of like heavier stuff. Um but yeah, I mean it's it, <laughs> I don't know, it's just scary to imagine like even right now my family thinks that I'm going off the deep end because I'm like liberal and that's you know a whole other fucking thing but 
my family is unfortunately Republican and mm-hmm. they like have this whole thing. They don't really like believe COVID is that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so I mean, I've had like my sister telling me, like my grandma says, I'm going off the deep end and all this stuff just because of that. So I'm already like, oh my God, okay. It's just a funny um, perspective because if anything, like maybe the people disregarding science would be the ones going off the deep end. Right? I knew. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely how I feel about it. Also, <laughs> but. I mean, because that's how I thought every time that I'm like, well, maybe I'm immune and maybe we're just upgrading into light bodies and blah, blah, blah. But even if all that's true, maybe I should just be a good citizen and wear a mask. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a whole thing. But I mean, I reached this point with them where I was like, listen, you guys do your thing. I'm over here. I'm going to do my thing. We'll figure it out when you... When we meet in the middle one day, I guess, but who fucking knows? <laughs> yeah, I just live with my family and just try to dissociate from the fact that they don't think it's a real thing. Yeah, it's, um, you know, again, like you said, I'm at, a, I'm at this point where it's like, even if it's not as serious or like whatever, we could all just be like considerate and compassionate and sacrifice a little bit uh, to protect everyone, you know, but um, yeah. I, don't know. I had a full-on panic attack. Um, at, I just feel the need to bring some air to this. It was awful. <laughs> um, I was taking my little sister to the podiatrist so she could get her oh. ingrown toenail removed. And I went in there, and the woman who came to take our temperatures wasn't wearing a mask. And I, this was after my little – I picked my little sister up from church where they weren't wearing masks and then go oh. to the doctor's office, and she's not wearing a mask. And I just, like – I'm like, uh, I can't be in here. And I, like, go outside – and then I'm just like, oh, oh, start crying. And then oh. the woman comes back out there and I'm like, do you even care about people's health? Like, I, and I like didn't remember any of it. My little sister had to like tell me and I was just like, well, I, did, I like JC, I'm sorry. That wasn't me. But also like this was like my brain just said, no, not allowed. Yeah, You're like, awful. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, I... I, anytime I see anyone without a mask or like any, I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to, I, I still don't really go out unless it's like necessary. Like I go get groceries because I need food, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I'm not like going out doing things. And, uh, yeah, it's also just at this point, like, what are you going to do besides like going out for walks? And I mean, I think that's one of the more cool things about this experience there's not a lot um, about that's cool but there's just not a whole lot to do other than just go out like hiking or spend some time outdoors and like get some fresh air you know so Mm -hmm. that's what I was doing right before this chat my friends and I met up at the park oh that's awesome yeah Yeah. I'm doing that with my sister recently we go out and find like a good trail and go hiking for a bit like once a week or so it's nice it's nice and mindful to just like be present with like this is here all the time even when I'm not Mm -hmm. yeah yeah wow that's a good point I it's weird to think about stuff like that sometimes like this all exists even when I'm not here you know that's what I don't know I guess it's like imagination creates reality like like god oneness everything is like it exists beyond our individual experience, but, like, our perception is one of it. Like, we're, yeah. like, a whole, like, little mirror image. We're literally just, like, a movie of 
the thing, but only one of the movies on the whole big book sh- uh, bookshelf, whatever, you know, it's all right, media, right. but whatever. Yeah. There's like one of the yeah. experiences, but like, there are all these microcosms going on everywhere. There are all these bacteria climbing on your skin you can't even see. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I mean, one that. of my favorite things about um, COVID actually is uh, it really puts into perspective like how powerful the things you can't see are. Mm-hmm. Like we're doing all of this over yeah. something you can't see. Like you, that's what the so problematic about it but one thing bad about covid that i think is as long as we continue to neglect our environment we're only breathing more we're breeding more pathogenic organisms so therefore like but it's a cycle because we're also producing so many single-use plastics in order to combat the virus and i'm like this is not a sustainable solution to an evolving environment right Yeah, like, yeah, there's like so much about our environment in general that's just like not sustainable, you know, the way that we treat the environment rather. Um, Like the other day, I saw someone post something on social media somewhere was like, if you don't support the oil and gas industry, then you know, you better be walking to work or riding a bike to work every day because obviously you and I was like, listen, first of all, that's just not possible for some people. And that's part of the problem is that we like have made it impossible to live in harmony with our environment, um, with like the systems and the electronics and like industries that we've built and decided to focus on. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole idea of like pushing for or um, what's like reusable power, you know, pushing for sustainable power and like not using so many fossil fuels and doing more like electric power, which even that is like, okay, well then how are you, are we making sure we're getting the electric power in like an environmentally safe and friendly way, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just going to take a whole lot of like restructuring to really kind of build the world back up in a way that is in harmony with our environment because i feel like we've just gotten so far from that that's pretty much all i think about um is like (laughs) you know everybody's been talking about like what if it's what if it like what if everything goes to shit what if like it start like whatever like when things go chaotic but i'm like i'm getting to the point where i'm like i don't think there's going to be a legitimate breaking point so what we need like need to focus our energy on is like what do we need what do we want to see what are like we trying to actually create like what are the problems and how can we solve them like because just saying capitalism sucks well like why does capitalism suck well because capitalism requires raping the environment and the people stealing their energy and then using it to like just exploitative like it's the energy of capitalism that's the problem. It's not that we make things mm-hmm. and sell them for money. It's the fact that mm-hmm. we take advantage of things that don't belong to us and then like just make sure that they they always have to increase in value in order to stay profitable. Like it's just a whole like just milking the cow. The cow's like dead and they're like, but more Bertha. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it's yeah. 
That's such a good point that it's, you know, it's not necessarily capitalism that is the problem. It's like the way we've done capitalism. Yeah, exactly. Like I have to like, yeah, I choose to still have my job, but it's because like my job isn't awful and I haven't found a better one, but that involves me driving over 30 minutes to work every day, to work at a country club and like, (laughs) yeah, serve people who I'm like, I hope this place is one day converted into a homeless shelter, but I guess I'll give you your plastic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, It's, and I mean, like, I don't know, like I was saying earlier, it's just, it's, unless you are willing to completely like change your life and go live on like a farm, you know, it's really kind of impossible to create an environment where you're not creating some type of waste or like taking advantage of the earth in some way. It's, uh, you know, and it sucks that, I mean, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. Like, how can I personally make more changes? Mm -hmm. And like, there are a lot of small things that I can do like in my daily life to do that. But at the same time, sometimes it feels very much like those are all just like small things. And like, how is that, you know, going to really make such a huge impact? And like you said, like we need to kind of rework these systems and figure out what the fuck we need to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, because like, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a breaking point. That's something that I feel like keeps being like up in the air. It's like whether it's going to happen or not, you know? Um, But I just do think that like, I've had this thought for a while that like our society is pretty unsustainable, you know, the way that it's going. It's all, I just love (laughs) how it's literally like a ripple mirror, like the problems sustainability like supremacy Mm -hmm. rape culture like all these things and um then it's just like carried over to like how do we manifest these things and like our individual lives because we want to like blame the collective problem as the cause for the burden but it's like no like it's just this thing so why don't we just look at the thing rather than trying to blame people for what's going on and like putting off responsibility because that's ultimately the problem is just saying like there's nothing I can do about this but I mean there's also the problem with people taking on more than they need like I will just hoard things that need to be recycled like or like Mm -hmm. I will like carry around things and I'm just like oh well like I don't know like I mean I started making my own candles I've been hoarding like the containers that candles come in for like I mean six years now because I'm like I'm gonna make (laughs) candles one day and yeah, like yeah. I've moved in like five different places, but that's come with me everywhere because I just don't. Yeah. And I don't think that's problematic, but like it's that it causes me so much anxiety to witness it that it's just like, well, what? Why do we keep making more? That's what I think <laughs> about constantly. Is that we're always making more, and it has to go somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it seems like we have. Yeah, it seems like we have like plenty of everything already <laughs> right now. You know, like do we really need to make more? of most things like physical objects you know it just doesn't seem it seems like we could just recycle everything and if what also concerns me is the amount of things that are like not recyclable and that we've just kind of like carelessly created and like no plan for disposal of it when it was created that's trash yeah like oh my god (laughs) so yeah, I think, I mean, and it's clear, pretty clear at this point that, like, our planet is pretty uh, irritated with us, to say the least, you know, so. 
Yeah, half the climate doesn't even want to. I mean, I said half the climate. Half the people don't even <laughs> believe in climate change. So, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, I had. Continue. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to. Um, I had this, like, I don't know, I guess like a download a while back that I had written on like the back of a receipt. And um, it was, I'm not sure. It felt very much like I was like connecting to, I've been feeling very connected to the earth more so than usual, like Mm -hmm. in the last few years, in the last uh, year or so. And especially recently I've started like my own garden and just been really trying to be more in tune with that energy and like how to work with her, you know? And Mm -hmm. um, I just had this like, whole thing one day I wrote it all down it was it was all about how a lot of people have been saying like the earth is angry with us you know and then some people are like oh she's not angry like you can't see it that way she doesn't give a fuck like she's so much more powerful than us which is like I think both of those things are kind of true like and the way she described it to me was sort of like imagine a mother um, giving freely of herself to create these children only to have them scream and kick and beat her over and over again and then point and laugh and say that's our right for like existing here in the world, you know, that we get to do this to you. And that that, you know, is kind of what we had done, but that the people who were not willing to listen to her or like be in tune with that were going to be very unhappy when she finally decided to like stand back up and like make space for herself you know so yeah it was yeah it was definitely like a bit of an intense message but I mean it sucks it's like it's heavy energy to just even think about the way that we've treated the planet you know Mm -hmm. um but I mean I think that's also kind of what we're supposed to be doing is sitting with that and really like taking responsibility for it and understanding it you know yeah, I mean, it's a lot of harm. <laughs> That's what, whether it's like, she's probably not, I mean, she's probably a little sad. I mean, she's probably sad, but it's mostly just like her and heartbreak, like straight up betrayal. Yeah. Like, yeah, I right. fed you, clothed you, did everything, and you're just like, yep, fuck you. That's what, right. I mean, I've been really just thinking about, like, I don't know. I had an experience where I like really connected to the earth, like, I, like, was actually looking at this one tree, and it was just all, like, it looked like, like, pieces of it were, like, stitched together and stuff, and it was just so big, and I was just, like, yeah, like, that feels like me as a tree, and then it was, like, this whole experience of, like, me being part of the, like, little forest that I was in, and just, like, singing, and they're, like, we've been here the whole time, we just can't do anything for you and um but we love you and it's just like oh wow like you know it's made me think a lot about like my resentment toward my parents it's just like oh well like everyone's really like fucked up like we're all disconnected from like our soul center like it's really not personal like if anything I don't know when you were talking about your mom being like really Christian and I'm like hmm like I wonder if like like things like kind of a shadow like how you're like you've probably experienced a lot of the same thoughts that your mom has around like what Mm -hmm. spirituality means like and what god means but like because based on your framework you just kind of like dismiss things as like being impossible right yeah 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 
so just like those years of growth i don't really know what any of what the purpose of what i was just saying all that was (laughs) just that we are like entirely disconnected and we're being reprogrammed yeah i agree no and what yeah um one thing you said that did definitely like hit home was like the difficulty believing in things because you do like you get raised in a certain environment of like this is what's true this is what's real and there is also i feel like especially in like american society and families and just in general the way we operate everyone just tells kids like this is how it is don't like worry about it don't ask why don't try to like figure it out like this is just how things are yeah. you know um and we like impose things on kids so much from the time that they're like barely even able to understand language you know and mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think one difficult step in my own personal journey has been even with like the paranormal stuff, believing that it was real, like believing that I was really experiencing that and I wasn't crazy. You know, I wasn't just imagining it. Um, That was one thing that was like really powerful about finding Soberish and like starting to listen to all these other podcasts was like, when you find people who are going through the exact same things as you or like having the exact same experiences. And then it's just like, oh shit. Okay. Maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe this is really happening to me. You know, it's yeah. I think that's one reason why I'm just, I'm like, I'm super grateful for this community and, and for like Jessa and everyone who has a podcast about this. Cause I feel so validated. <laughs> It's beautiful. It's an awesome thing to do just to like give people a place to like you, we were talking about before this, like you can't really talk to a lot of people about this kind of stuff. And just to have a place to be able to do that is like so powerful and important. Yeah. I like spend my whole life being this like a shell of a person. Like no one actually knows who I am and what I'm interested in. Like, I'm just like here <laughs> And then having this podcast, it's like even looking at like what I've posted in the Soberish group, you probably can like figure out that much of like who I am. But it's like I'm just so intense about everything and I like care so much. But like I feel like no one has the ability to receive what I have to put out. So I'm just like so quiet. But for me, it's like the loudest silence. It's just like, (laughs) yeah, but I don't want to like talk too much or like over talk. I say the same thing. But like what I mean is like I don't want to. I try to be very aware of like how people are responding because I'm like, mm-hmm. I just got this 42 tattoo and oh, everyone awesome. is like, well, what does it mean? And giving it weird glances. And I'm like, I don't want to explain anything to you because I don't like questions. Like it is very meaningful to me, but also like, mm, yeah. and then even when I start to explain like two seconds in, like they've already stopped listening. Mm. <sighs> And it's like, oh, I'll do tarot. People will ask me for tarot readings and I'm like reluctant to do it. And I'm like, okay, we'll try. And then they're like not paying attention. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. You're wasting my fucking energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what? like, why are we here right now? <laughs> yeah. But um, it has taught me to be really quick about it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like had the, like, I went and gave someone at Walmart, we were in the Walmart gas station and I like my cards were in my purse and I like pulled them up to get my wallet and someone's like what are those and so I just did one in the Walmart gas station got five dollars I yeah I literally read her for like two minutes and then she's sobbing she's like you just read my life yeah yeah 
God. That was my first time getting paid for a reading too. It felt really good. That's it was so last cool. week, wow. the same day I got the tattoo. That's awesome. Wow. That's a really, that, I love the tattoo too. And Thank like, you. Like that's a cool story, Dan. I, yeah. you know, I have never um, gotten into tarot reading. I bought some cards probably like six years ago mm-hmm. and I never opened them, you know? And like I had done some, um, like I've done some rune casting readings and that like worked really well. But for a long time, I felt like that was drawing me completely. And like, I had no interest in tarot for some reason. Uh-huh. And then definitely like being more in this community and seeing like everyone's awesome tarot cards. And like, I had um, a reading with Nimue, who is so fucking cool. If like- Happy birthday, Nimue. <laughs> Oh yeah, it is her birthday. Yeah, birthday. Um, yeah, she's so cool. Like the second I I followed her on Instagram and I started watching her like live Instagram readings, and I was like, whoa. And I think the first one of the first ones I watched, um, she's like pulling cards, and she asked, uh, "Does anybody want me to pull a card for them?" You know, towards the end of the reading, and I was like, "Hey, yeah, if you can pull one for me." And then. Uh, she goes to do it and like three or four cards like flew out and she was like, oh, okay. Yeah. If this happens, I usually um, recommend that you book a reading with me because like your guides have like something to say through me, you know, mm-hmm. like, because like she's meant to just pull one card, but like three just flew out at her. Yeah. You know? So she like read them to me and they were really, really accurate. to so, like what I was going through at the time too. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, definitely. So pretty shortly after that, I booked a reading with her and yeah, it was like so spot on. Like she just told me instantly, first of all, like my family situation, she had no knowledge of prior to that. And she's just like, so I got the King of Cups and the Queen of Cups. And then there's like the Two of Cups. So it's like a decision that you need to make, but you're like, it's like sideways. So you're, um, you're like on the fence about it and you haven't like decided what to do. And I was just like, Okay. And she's like, so I'm not really sure what all of that is about, but I'm getting like two authoritative figures and like you're on the fence. And I was like, yeah, I have all this fucking trauma going on with my parents right now. And she was like, oh yeah, that's it then. Cool. Um, and then she told me that she was like, cause I'm a musician and uh, I write music and stuff. And she was like, yeah, there's like a, I can't remember how she put it. She said that either that there is a muse or that I am a muse. And she was like, there's like someone that has music to send through you and it's been like kind of put on the back burner because of stuff going on in your personal life and that that was okay like it was okay to take my time with it but that like whenever I was ready to get to that there was like someone who had some stuff to send through me and I was just like whoa okay (laughs) that that really like not freaked me out but it like hit me in a weird way because as a musician and like an artist you know there are a lot of times when you start to feel like, oh, this is not even coming from me. It's like coming through me or yeah. this is being, like it's being channeled, you know? And I do feel sometimes it's kind of an odd ego battle to be like, you know, I may be able to channel that information through music, but, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm some sort of like special being that deserves like all the fame and fortune in the world. It's, you know, it's just this weird thing sometimes where you have to balance like, yes, I am talented and I am, I do work hard at what I do. And at the same time, I also do sometimes feel like my music is channeled, but I also have to keep my ego in check and be like, Hey, you know, you're, there are a million other people who probably also feel that way. So don't get too up in your head about it. And 
that's also part of just letting the music come out freely. Cause then if you start to think too highly of like what you do, then, oh my God, the shit you write is going to immediately go down the toilet. So it's like, <laughs> it's so weird. And so just having somebody else tell me like, there's something that needs to come through you. It was like, oh, okay. Um, cool. Like <laughs> I'll, I'll get right on that, you know? <sighs> That's wild, though. I mean, yeah, it was pretty cool. Having that ego thing was being a channel. I mean, like, whatever. I mean, I think it's funny that you framed it in the way that you did because I was thinking it as in, like, your ego would be saying, like, I'm not channeling it. This is me. Um, yeah, but, there's definitely that, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I find this interesting also what I, like I channel a lot of stuff but I notice like when I channel singing I'm never around anything that I could record with so like no huh. one really knows that I like sing yeah. and that I sing so much and that I write so much to sing but like or like I'll be just walking in the woods by myself and this whole like beautiful song will play and I'm like who are you <laughs> you're not me like yeah there's a wasp wow. on me right now <gasps> oh my god yeah, so you didn't know, but this whole time there have been wasps in my room, like three of them. So yesterday I've just been ignoring them because I'm like, if I don't bother them, they won't bother me. Um, I think it's a metaphor for white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I don't bother them, they won't bother me. Um, God, that's so scary. I'm allergic to bees and wasps. So you're like, there's a wasp on me. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, no. So they were like in my win, like in between the window screen and the actual window. Like there were like thirty of them when I went to work yesterday, and oh I was God. or the day before yesterday. And I basically I noticed two of them had got it, and so like unfortunately I killed them. I didn't want to, but right, you no. Know, um, but then they all like. Yeah, then I got home from work. I was like scared that my whole room would have been taken over by wasps. They were all gone. Like, like they were never there, but then I came home today and there were like three, but I was like, oh, well, we're about to record. So this is my priority. Hopefully they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they'll like just kind of chill out. They have been. They're just exploring. I think, I don't think I'm their interest. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Maybe my bubble's keeping them out. (sighs) That's possible too. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. How are you feeling right now? What are you thinking? Where are you at? I want to ask you more about your ghost stories, but like, we're like in this weird space. Oh yeah. I'm down okay. to, yeah. If you want to talk about ghost stuff, I can, yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of like, a lot of paranormal experiences, so I'll, I'll have to narrow it down to like a couple for sure. But Okay. Um, Which ones like had the most like effect on you? I guess we can start there. Okay, or so we can like, start at the first one, wherever you find. Actually, that would be like the same one. So I'll just start with that because it's like, Amazing. yeah, I had, um, okay, so I was like about six or seven when I saw a fucking ghost for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my most vivid memories still to this day. And like, I don't know exactly what it was, um, but so I'm in my room, I'm like seven-year-old me just hanging out and I've for whatever weird fucking reason, I was in the middle of my room with the light off, but just a lamp on playing <laughs> Barbies. So I'm like just in this like circle of light with my Barbies, just like fucking playing Barbies. And I think it was nighttime 
time, um, or like evening or so. And uh, so the way that my house was um, set up, the my my bedroom door was right next to the front door to the house. Mm-hmm. So I hear like the front door knob like move around, like the door would open, had opened or something. And mm-hmm. I like remember glancing up and like, no, the door didn't open. Weird. And so I like go back to doing what I'm doing and I heard the door open and close and I was like, what the fuck? So I'd go, I remember I like, I think I got up and I went and like checked and the door was locked and I was like, okay, that's weird. Whatever. Um, so I'm seven, you know, I don't know yeah. anything. And I'm like, fine. I go back to, and I'm like just playing Barbies and I hear the door open again. And when I looked up, there was this like dark figure standing in my doorway and I, it was just pretty much all black except for his eyes because his eyes were like pretty bright red and he looked like he was wearing like a top hat and had on like a long cape he's just like standing at my door and he kind of like walked by really slowly and looked at me and I remember feeling like he wanted to get to me but he couldn't and I got really freaked the fuck out and like jumped up and ran to my parents I was like hey did one of you guys just like put on a cape and a hat and walk by my door because I'm seven, you know, and I'm like, was this a fucking prank? Like, what's going on? And my parents are like, what are you talking about? No. And I'm like, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, that's, you know, and I guess like a few years later, they ended up lying to me and telling me that they had done it because I was so scared about it. Like I was terrified and um, I couldn't let it go. And so like a couple years later, my, my stepdad ended up telling me that uh, it was him, that he had like done it as a joke and I was like oh, okay and so then when I was 18 or so like 17 or 18 I remember bringing it back up and I was like hey you remember that time you like played that joke on me and he was like yeah that was not me you were just so fucking scared about it that we lied to you because you couldn't let it go and I was like oh <laughs> okay <laughs> cool um and yeah I think I still today stay I'm not quite sure what that was like I've I've done a lot of research and I've talked to people and like tried to figure it out and like had a few ideas about it, but I don't really know. You know, it was just like something definitely like dark and kind of scary that just like popped up and I never saw it again, I don't think. Um, But I do think that that pretty much scared me so much that I like shut off my ability to see things like on that in that like realm you know Mm -hmm. so I would hear like voices and ghosts basically and I would feel the energy um I didn't start hearing it for a really long time when I was a kid I I used to like talk out loud to my imaginary friends and like everyone thought like oh I'm just you're just talking to your imaginary friends but like they fucking like talked to me so I think Mm -hmm. I was like talking to shit when I was a kid um but yeah I think that scared me so much I just like shut off the ability to see anything for a really long time and it took a lot of I mean it's still kind of hard like I have to get into a very chilled out space because I have to kind of go through this whole like this whole almost ritual of like accepting and giving permission to like see everything that I'm gonna see um Mm -hmm. because yeah some of it's scary as shit yeah (laughs) for sure but so that was the first time I ever saw a ghost and then I didn't see another ghost for a really long time. Um, but I did have a lot of like 
knocking and like walking around, like peep someone walking around type experiences. Um, I guess like one of the more odd ones is I was for a while, I, I was uh, dating this guy who was also very paranormal. Mm-hmm. And he, I'm not sure if we like amplified each other or if he had something going on and I was amplifying it. I don't know. But like, this is one of the reasons, like I kind of mentioned at some point, I got a little bit freaked out and kind of tried to step away from this stuff because mm-hmm. um, we were at his house one day and I'm just like hanging out, watching. Oh, I was I was in the shower. I was right. I was in the shower. He was in, like in the other room. My other friend was there. And then there's like wind up carousel that plays music that was in like a back bedroom that just started playing out of nowhere. And we're all like... And so like I'm in the shower in the next room and I just hear like my boyfriend and my friend run into the room and be like, what the fuck is going on? So I like jump out of the shower and I get dressed and I'm like, what's happening? And they were like, dude, this thing just started playing like out of nowhere, I swear. Like, and they both were freaked out. They were like, I don't know what's going on. My like the guy I was dating was like a little paranormal too at the time. So he starts trying to like communicate with it, you know? Yeah. Like, if there's anything in here, blah, 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 blah. And we don't get anything. So we do that for a while and we just kind of go back to what we're doing. So we go in, sit down, like we're watching TV, and I just started feeling weird, like really, like really weird at first. And I remember telling him, like, "Hey, I don't feel right." Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "I don't know. I feel angry and sad, but I don't mm-hmm. know why." And he's like, "Okay." Um, well, as long as you're okay, like, just let me know if if you start to feel. And so sitting there watching TV for a while and just like doing a bunch of weird, I remember I kept like running my tongue over my teeth in a weird way that I don't normally do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, kind of like biting a lot and wanting to like, at one point I remember he told me like, well, as long as you don't start to feel like you want to bite me or scratch me, then we're fine. And I was like, okay. And then a few minutes later, I was like, this is really weird, but I do kind of want to like scratch you and he was like okay um I think we need to like go I was like okay and I I mean I don't know how to describe it other than like it just felt like I was feeling things that were not me yeah and then he was like we need to get out of the house and I was like okay so I went and I was like I'm gonna go back to my grandma's house walked out and like the second I was outside the front door it like went away and I was fine whoa but he told me after the fact, he was like, I didn't want to tell you, but like I saw some like this shadow running around earlier before you came over and like he'd already seen some weird shit that day beforehand. But he didn't want to tell me because he didn't want to freak me out, you know, so I was like, but yeah, that was pretty creepy because it felt very much like uh, something was like trying to like get in. I don't know if maybe it was like trying to get inside me or if it has more to do with the fact that I'm like very empathic and I was maybe like channeling feelings of something that was there. But mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's happened to me a few times where I think I I tune into like the emotional frequency of something that's happened in the place where I am. And then I like kind of channel those feelings and it's really weird and uncomfortable. But um, yeah, so that was pretty freaky though. It was a, one of the more unsettling paranormal experiences I've had for sure. Those are such really paranormal experiences. Like, 
I mean, whatever. I say the word real a lot. I guess it's just like providing a lot of validation to these experiences. Like you can't, you can't make that up. You wouldn't make that up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did. I don't know why I would make it up, but no, exactly. That's what I always <laughs> like. People are like, I guess the closer I get to the ufology world, um, the more I'm like, yeah. oh, like literally everybody like is. Th- they're making sure they're not crazy too. Maybe you should just listen to them. Yeah, I know. Like, and it goes back to like, even with the ghost stuff before, um, before I was about 16 or 17, I didn't really have any like validating experiences besides my own that was like, this is happening, you know? And then like, I remember one time coming home, my, I lived at my grandma's house for a while and it was very haunted. Um, Mm -hmm. it's just like, like a lot of shit hanging out there. I remember coming home one time and it was really late at night. My grandpa was still awake at the computer and he gets all freaked out when I walk in and he's like, oh, I thought you were at work. And I was like, what? My car hasn't been here all day. Like, why would you think that? And he was like, well, I heard voices like you and your friend were talking in your room. And I was like, no, I haven't been here all day, like at all. And I have not been in my room. And he was like, okay, stay right there. Let me make sure no one's in your room. Cause he like, and he's like not a paranormal person either, but he was like, I heard people talking in your room. Like, let me make sure there's no one hiding in there or something. He like went in and looked and he was like, huh, that was really weird. And I was like, yeah, that is, I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, it's just a lot of, especially in that time of my life. Like I told you, I was dating that guy who I think was also very paranormally sensitive. Mm -hmm. And I think we somehow like, we're really amplifying that and a lot of shit happened during that time for sure so yeah i was gonna ask if you think that that like relationship kind of like built a channel where things were more like oh we're welcome here yeah yeah i don't know yeah i don't know exactly what it was but it was definitely something about that relationship that attracted a lot of experiences do you think it has to do that you were paying so much attention to like like to that or do you think it I mean, was- I don't know. Like, so the person that I was with actually was like, it was weird because we hadn't spoken to each other in a long time. And then I had this dream where they were like, basically had this like very alarming dream that was like, I need to check on this person. And I haven't talked to them in three or four years, but mm-hmm. I woke up like the next day and was like, hey, I just need to check in and make sure you're okay because I had this dream that you were like basically possessed last night. And he was like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, everything's fine. I was like, all right, cool. Um, So yeah, I I had gone, gotten back in touch with him because of that, because I had this dream that basically just like set off a bunch of alarms that I mm-hmm. needed to like check on him and like have him back in my life in some way. So yeah, I don't know very weird uh but we're still friends to this day like he was my best friend in high school and we dated for a while and he's still my best friend now so yeah yeah that's good to actually be able to talk to the person you had those experiences with yeah he's very much like he doesn't i'm i think he messes around with it a little bit more now but he kind of got freaked out at some point too and stepped away from it for a bit but i think he's been getting back into it recently so do you guys talk about more weird stuff or like besides ghosts what woo stuff are you into i am very into crystals i uh have a lot of them and i 
Oh, I love that. I love Rose Quartz is one of my favorite. Um, when you were telling me about the scarier stories, like I was just like, put this in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rose Quartz is awesome. It's like such a, like, just like protective, loving energy. To, <laughs> I love it. It's so nice. I sleep um, with it. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I have like all of mine, mostly on my altar, just kind of like spread out. And then um, I am, I don't know if this counts as woo, but I'm getting certified to teach yoga mm-hmm. right now. So I've been doing yoga for a long time. Um, I have some like chronic pain in- issues in my spine and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just like birth defects in my spine. It's like shaped all weird. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, yoga was pretty much the thing that helped me cut my just like everyday pain level way down when That's I found awesome. it. So yeah, I'm really excited to be, um, f- hopefully I'll be finishing that up. I did um, yoga training with this place called My Vinyasa Practice, which is actually based out of Austin where I'm from. And okay. um, it's like an online, all online yoga training. Uh, and it's like, go at your own pace. Everything's like recorded. So you just watch like a set amount of hours and you have some like assigned reading and then a few kind of like worksheets and stuff. And then there's like a test at the end and you submit a few videos of you like doing your classes and stuff. And so um, I'm really excited about that because I feel like it helps me for, it helps me personally. And um, I guess I identify a lot with the, uh, the job of being like a healer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I th- I don't know, I guess I was thinking about this the other day because I was like, with this whole thing of like creating new ways of teaching and stuff, yeah. um, I've been really caught up in like whether what I'm supposed to do is like teaching or healing. And then the other day I was like, well, I think it's kind of, I guess both. It's like, it's like almost the same thing. Sometimes. That's exactly what I was thinking. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, what I intend to do is combine, like, I, so I teach vocal lessons as well as a bunch of other music lessons. Yes. And um, what I'm trying to do, and currently, like, I think I finally kind of have my plan put together, but it's still like very much evolving as I go. I'm just trying to combine like the yoga with some limited herbalism because I'm still learning about herbalism with vocal coaching and like understanding energies and chakras and different like teas and things and routines that you can do um, eventually to try to teach people techniques for like healing themselves with their voice and uh, opening up like their own channel to like sing and speak freely pretty much. Uh, Because I think it's really like our voice is such a powerful tool, not only for speaking what you want into the world but for healing yourself and like like speaking your truth can be healing but then just like chanting and meditating even just down to like humming you know and singing along to songs you like is like so healing so um yeah my goal is basically to teach people how to kind of like use their own voices to uh heal themselves like emotionally and energetically and also learn how to like you know control their voice and sing safely and stuff um and the yoga has helped me out a lot with that um yeah how well a lot of the um breathing techniques that i use come from some yoga and then uh, also just down to things like learning about more about the chakras and Mm -hmm. um the history behind like really the history behind yoga is pretty crazy 
there's like this, it's so, it's so weird. There's this book called the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, which is kind of like widely used as like this basis of yoga okay. knowledge. Um, and I believe I could, I keep getting these people mixed up in my head. Cause there's like a few people that like started yoga, but I believe Patanjali kind of created this book, um, to, bring all of like these yoga ideas together and I can't remember how long ago it was but he wrote I think it was a long time ago I don't know anyways um he wrote this book and it's like these four different chapters of all of the like guidelines or um ideas of yoga Mm -hmm. and so yoga is like not just the physical practice it also includes like meditation um the way you treat your body and this whole it's it's the eight-limbed path so there's like these whole eight things that you're basically supposed to follow and there's like chanting is separate from meditation and then there's like all these different things um so anyways his book talks about that and it also talks about like the basic ideas of yoga and why we do it and like the spiritual effects but the fourth chapter is like what's really interesting and I actually have not gotten to read it yet I've just like I've heard so many people talk about it I kind of like know what it's about already (laughs) but um so like the first couple chapters are about yoga itself and like practicing it and like what you should do and then chapter four is about the the psychic powers that you'll gain from yoga and I was like when I was first getting into it and it's like my yoga teacher like at this studio is like the certified yoga teacher is like yeah chapter four is about the psychic powers that you will gain when you start like truly practicing yoga and I was just like well dope that sounds really exciting like and then of course like towards the end of it he gets to he's like you will develop these powers but this isn't the point these are just distractions and you're really supposed to like move past this phase and I'm like whatever that's you know (laughs) Honestly, I'm kind of like here for the psychic powers, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, to each their own. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of ideas of yoga that have been kind of removed in the Western interpretation of like just yoga for exercise, basically. Um, yeah. And it's really, it's, there's a lot of aspects of like mindfulness, meditation, um, doing actual chanting, uh, the idea of like practicing nonviolence there's against the self and others. And then also there's like an obligation to defend others as well. So there's like a whole philosophy to it, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, beyond that, just it's built so heavily on the system of the chakras too. And like, you can bring that in plus learning about um the meridians which are like the energy yeah. lines that run across your body and all of that so all of that is just so helpful for me in understanding and putting together it feels like my whole life I've gathered like all these kind of like pieces and now I'm trying to put them together and so this yoga program really was one of the last things that kind of gave me a lot of the information I needed to like get this idea going um yeah, I'm really excited just to try to, because I use a lot of like, so I use a lot of yoga breaths as well as um, exercises and stretches that you can do to like warm up and mm-hmm. like, work with your uh, chest and like throat area. And then, yeah, like just vocal warm ups. And then, I mean, a lot of it is um, is like shadow work too. Like it's, um, it's kind of weird because when I 
came across the concept of like light language, which is very similar, of course, I, like I guess to like speaking in tongues or whatever people mm-hmm. might call that. It's just kind of like letting the sound come out. Um, I think I did that for a long time, but like not really consciously until mm-hmm. a while ago. But I think I was like, when I really sat down and tried to put a name to what I do with my songwriting and with my singing, it's more like what I would call shadow singing. Because I knew you were going to say like, that. Sorry, like the whole time like, <laughs> you were explaining that, I was like, she's going to say she's a shadow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, yeah, and it's weird because like, like man is the only other person who I've heard say that um, so far. But yeah, like uh, it's, it's like I'm doing shadow work, but I'm doing it through songwriting or through singing or um, even through like sometimes it's like I'm singing to my shadow, like to like kind of create acceptance, you know? And yeah, it's, um, it makes so much sense because your higher chakras and your heart chakras. So like you have to Mm -hmm. get out everything that's like separating those things. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's a big thing that I want to work with too, with like what I'm trying to do with my, I'm, I'm stuck on like what to call it. I've gone. Dude. Through. So I actually have a pretty similar vision for like what I'm trying to do. Actually. It's like a whole a holistic nice. healing like center. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's interesting that, cause I'm like, yeah, I want to do sound healing. I want to do yoga. Mm-hmm. I want to have like kind of psychedelic theory. I want to do like psychedelic therapy research. Um, awesome. They- yeah, so it's just interesting to hear you because I'm like, I feel like I'm in the same way, but like, I'm only 21. So like, I'm really like, okay, but I, I know this, but how do I get here from here? But like, mm-hmm. all the things are one thing. And I just changed my major from biology to psychology. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, but it's just weird. Like, I really just want to see how everything comes together because we have one body. We have all these different modes of, like, interacting with it, but we don't really understand, like, the, the map. Like, that's why I think it's, like, the human design, the gene keys, they're all getting at this, mm-hmm. like, thing, like, the meridians, yoga. Like, we really need a solid picture of, like, the energetic layout of the body. Like, that's yeah. something we're missing. Like yeah. we might have it in other cultures, but it's not like part of the mainstream. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I was talking to someone about this recently about how it's so, it's almost discouraged these days to, in, in America specifically to like, like you said, I'm not sure. I don't think it's the same in a lot of other cultures. I think a lot of other cultures have retained that connection to like understanding their energetic body, you know, mm-hmm. but we have very much disconnected from it in the United States of America. And I mean, I think that is largely why we see such an epidemic of just health issues, like chronic issues and things that people can't explain. And we just don't know how to fix it. Or we're just treating the symptoms over and over and never figuring out what's actually wrong. You know, it's like, like you were saying, everything is connected, you know, we've been even learning more now about the fact that you have like the fascia in your body that is this like system of muscles that just goes across your whole body and then that you store trauma in that fascia yeah my higher self told me to book a massage actually to like release things from my (laughs) back nice hell yeah that's awesome yeah but i've been like so obsessed with that since i found out about that i'm like oh my god that's because I personally, I get these like knots and they can happen anywhere in my body. It could be literally like right here on my 
freaking like shoulder or my bicep that I just get like this little muscular knot. And sometimes it feels like sort of liquidy, um, but a lot of times it's more firm, you know? Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. It's like, I'm just getting these because it would be in weird places where like, I didn't, I guess I didn't think I had muscles, you know, it was like, I didn't think there was a muscle here that would like get tight like this. And then having someone basically talk about, I think it was, um, honestly, I think it was on the Tensegrity podcast that Jessa did that I learned about um, fascia. And yeah, ever since I've, I've been obsessed with that because I'm like, oh, that's what it is. When I get these knots, they're like my spots in my fascia that stuff gets like stuck in or like blocked up there. And yeah, it's, um, it's so cool too, because with learning about yoga, I've been able to learn a lot more about that as well as uh, like the lymphatic system and how the lymphatic system can build up blockages mm -hmm. and doing yoga can release that. Like when you do these like poses where you move back and forth and you can like work these blockages out and stuff. It's so, I don't know. It's such a powerful tool for understanding and like being aware of your body. That's a big problem. We don't have a lot of awareness of our body. We're not very aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just like, we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's almost been sort of like, I guess the, the only word I can think of is like demonized to be more energetically connected with your body, to like talk about chakras and meridians and the fact that like your whole body is connected to the way that you feel and like you store the trauma in your muscles. And if you start saying stuff like this around like, you know, regular people, a lot of people are like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's just so funny because it's not the scientists. Like the scientists yeah. are like agreeing yeah. with the woo people, but it's the people right. who genuinely don't know that are like, no, you're dumb. Right. Exactly. They're and like, why do you like ask so many questions? You must be stupid. <laughs> right and like quantum physicists at this point are starting to be like listen there's some weird shit going on okay and we just like we can't explain it um and yeah this is these everyday regular people it's like and then it comes back to the same thing as like if you believe in god that's cool but if you want to believe in like crystals you're crazy it's like one of these things was written down in a book a long time ago and then one of these things we have like, you know, all these people who've experienced. So like what, I don't know. I guess there are experiences on both sides. That was kind of a bad metaphor. But the point being that like, there's just that bias towards even going that direction to, to where maybe you don't start, like you don't rely always on doctors and you don't rely always on Western medicine. You go maybe more towards starting to like, do yoga or practice like essential oils or acupuncture mm -hmm. and all of that is still very much viewed as woo like not real medicine you know and for me personally that type of medicine has been much more healing than western medicine so <laughs> yeah I don't know why oh well, my therapist is actually the person who like I started doing yoga seeing my therapist at the same time and then nice. She's actually the one who showed me tarot, but eventually wow. she told me about, yeah, she would just have me like pull, it wasn't tarot, but they were just oracle cards and she'd have me like pull an oracle card and that became like my favorite thing to do in the sessions. Oh, wow. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Isn't it? And then 
she also told me about it was when she told me about chakras i like told the guy i was dating at the time and i had already had like very fantastical situation but he was so atheist he was like no like that's like you just make fun of me and my therapist and that was like near the end of our relationship anyway but it's just like that literally like her telling me about the shock i'm still thinking about the chakras i'm still like exploring that like all these little and i literally picked my therapist out by the smile on her face but i don't know how else i would have gotten through these past three years if like everything hadn't happened exactly the way it did because like now i read tarot almost every day like it's literally like my whole thing like literally i found a therapist and she's like oh this is like who you actually are like allow this to be you all the time basically like yeah Yeah, yeah. my therapist is actually I told her that I wanted to be a psychopharmacologist and um that I wanted to go to like medical school and she was like no you're gonna be a therapist you want to be a therapist like you need to be a psychologist you don't need to be a pharmacist (laughs) yeah wow (laughs) that's awesome yeah she's like as biased as I may be we need you in our field (laughs) (laughs) that's cool though I mean yeah what you said about like her telling you like you this is who you are and you need to let that be you all the time that's like so like wow what a powerful lesson you know yeah she also makes me feel good because like one time we had a discussion she's like I never know who's gonna walk in the door but I know it's gonna be Brooke (laughs) and it's just nice for like people to have like the same level I guess to not expect me to be anything different than who I am like Today, I was with my friends talking in the park, and I was like, I've been talking a lot today. I hope that doesn't bother you. Like, and they're like, no, like, what? We're your friends. We want to listen to you. I'm like, I just always feel like I'm talking too much, so I try not to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think with, with a lot of the friends that I have now, they're like some of the only people who really know the full extent of like my kind of like woo side. And Mm -hmm. I've been like getting more open about it for sure. Um, But yeah, like a lot of them know kind of like the experiences that I had in Belize and uh, then like the stuff that happened after that with my mom, like telling me randomly that I was like Pleiadian and um, just brushed that one under the rug. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I mentioned that. No, you did. I just think it's funny how you it just like, now you're yeah. like Pleiadian. Well, it was actually like a super, super fucking weird, like just sink weekend. Like everything mm-hmm. that happened that weekend was like, whoa, because I think beforehand I had had um, like kind of a weird spooky experience where I used my like mantra to get rid of something because this, but my, my actual like partner who I'm still with now has also a lot of really spooky experiences in his past and he had some like stuff that was going on and I kind of got rid of it. And so I basically was telling my mom about it. I was like, yeah, this is what happened. And I used this mantra and I've been using this mantra like since I we went to Belize and like all this stuff happened. And so I'm like in the car with my mom and my two sisters driving to Houston for like a vacation weekend or whatever, you know, just telling her all about like this crazy experience I had the other day. And my mom's just like, have you ever heard the word Pleiadian? And I was like, no but I feel like I have. I was like, no, what is that? Cause I remember her saying it and me being like, no, but it sounds familiar. Like, what does that mean? And she was like, well, I had this dream and um, she does a lot of astral projecting when she meditates. So I guess it was yeah. more, it, it wasn't actually a dream. She just, she just like leaves her body and goes and flies through the universe when she meditates. <sighs> 
so she's like, yeah, I was like meditating and I went and was like flying through the universe and I saw this goddess that was made of stars. And she told me that like me and my children are beings of light from somewhere else in the universe and that we came here to spread love to the earth because the earth like needs a lot of love right now. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like what? I was like, mom, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I've never heard that, but for some reason it feels like something that could be true, you know? And so like this whole weekend we're in Houston and I'm just like obsessed with this idea. I'm like, star seeds, what are that? What is that? Like, oh my God, this is like so accurate to what I feel, like whatever. I had that whole experience. And um, then we go see a movie and my mom's like, we're going to go see this movie. It was like one of my favorite books when I was growing up and I want to see the movie. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, what movie is it? Like, I don't really know much about it. And it's A Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we go see A Wrinkle in Time, which is literally about the forces of light and dark oh. fighting over centuries. Yeah. I don't know if you haven't read that or seen the movie, the movie no. is adorable and fun and also very meaningful. But yeah, the whole of idea of A Wrinkle in Time is that there are these like forces of light and forces of darkness and that people reincarnate over thousands of years and come to certain places in order to fight these like battles between. And in the movie and in the book, it's very much like the forces of darkness are like anger, sadness, depression, selfishness, ego. And the forces of light are like self-acceptance, love, like, you know, basically just kind of like negative emotions, positive emotions kind of thing. And yeah, it's, I don't know. It's really, it was so fucking weird having that conversation with my mom. And then maybe like three hours later walking in to see this movie that I had no idea what the movie was going to be about. And that's what it was about. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm pretty floored here. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I think this is something I need to look into so yeah, I have ever since then, I mean, I've been very took me a long time to really like sink into that idea um of being a starseed. Yeah. Or Pleiadian. I mean, the starseed. I I mean, I think like like we were talking about before just believing things like that is hard, you know. Dude, so. I like constantly go back and forth with like starseed and light worker because it's like, oh, well like I definitely am, but also that's like especially after seeing this girl on TikTok who's like mm. saying she's a starseed but actually just like having a cult and like wanting mm. people to pay like $50 to be a part of her cult and then like yeah. someone I, I was dating like sent me this video like oh yeah this person's crazy taking advantage of mentally ill people and i'm like fuck am i mentally ill like yeah. is this what jessa and noah are doing like feeling like i'm being scammed <laughs> no, I, de- yeah, I get that so hard because it's like there's so many people like that out there too where they are just like you know basically they want to be celebrities and they like use the spiritual world is that and like maybe it doesn't always start out that way you know maybe some of these people like truly do start out being a channeler or being like this like awesome spiritual person and then they get like too overwhelmed with the ego or with the attention or whatever I don't know but like there's so much of that and yeah like I struggle with that a lot of times too sometimes I watch certain people and I think that they know exactly what they're talking about and sometimes I watch them and I'm like this is fucking nuts. Like, what the fuck? Uh, what, like, what are we, 
Yeah. And it's like a, a back and forth thing, like almost daily sometimes for mm-hmm. me too, where like, but I also think a lot of that is the programming of like what we've been told is true, what we've been told to believe and like what's possible even in the universe, even now, like, okay, I am so obsessed with this idea right now, but a while ago, I wish I could remember whose podcast this was, but I, someone on someone's podcast <sighs> talked about um, seeing like basically that they had in meditation gone back and seen how the pyramids were built and that they were, du- they were built with sound, that they saw this like crowd of like a bunch of people, like thousands of people, and there was like sort of a priestess um, who was leading them in singing and that the priestess was like dancing and she was leading them in the pitches and then all of the whole crowd like singing these pitches is what like formed the pyramids and I was like huh I am very into this idea so then for like two weeks I was just telling it like every people who are not woo in my life I'm just going up to them like what do you think about the idea that uh could have been built with sound (laughs) and everyone is like um highly unlikely Kara but thank you and yeah so you think it's more likely that people pick things up like (laughs) I'm like my friend is like I'm more inclined to believe that they got the sand really wet and slid the stones across and I'm like oh really (laughs) is that more believable but anyways um so yeah I'm like I'm so obsessed with this idea I'm telling everyone about it and then at the same time um Sarah Sarah Brown, I think she's in the mm-hmm. soberish group. She's awesome. She does um, Reiki and meditation. She's super cool. But she told me about a show called uh, Homelands, the, I think it's the Homelands something Salem. I can't remember the full title, but it's Homeland something Salem. And it's about um, these, it's about witches, but they use sound to like do their magic. So they like call storms and they like, can do all these crazy it's it's super awesome it's a really cool show and it's also really interesting because basically the premise of the show is that during the salem witch trials the witches made a deal with the government so that the government would stop killing them and the deal that they made is that witches would be part of the army to defend america so there's like this branch of the military that is like all witches what is it called um oh i have to look it's homelands uh so, let's see i just watched only on oh motherland sorry motherland fort salem found it okay i have to watch this how did you watch it i, I didn't mean to interrupt um no you're good it's i think i watched it on hulu or amazon prime one of the two um but yeah that got me like Im- instantly i was like oh my gosh whoa this is like it's, and because they just do like they get all the witches together and they do exactly what that girl was talking about where they like all sing certain harmonies or they have these like different spells that are different sounds. It's like, whoa, oh my God. And so I'm going nuts about this for like ever. I'm like, I definitely think that we could learn how to like levitate things with sound and all of this. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other day I posted something about it in the group because um, my partner and I were having a dis- discussion where I was like, we were talking about, oh, the sand plates where you, um, have you seen those before? Like they, they like 
basically it's like a metal plate and they oh where they play it and then it all moves yes yeah yeah and the sand like creates these uh they look like mandalas on like sacred geometry you know Mm -hmm. that go along with the frequency and we're watching those and then we're talking about like all the crazy shit like they can make sound cannons that um cancel out fire because it like resonates at the frequency of the flames or something and it just like puts it out um so yeah we're talking about all of that and then i was basically like yeah, I mean, we can definitely use sound to um, affect the material world. So we could for sure have used it to build the pyramids. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And my boyfriend was just like, oh my God, shut up. <laughs> like, um, but I posted that just because I thought it was funny. I posted that in Soberish Podcast group. And sometimes I do, like, I'll get the urge. I'm like, I don't know why, but I feel like I should like post this. And then somebody will share something and I'll be like, whoa, I needed to know about this. Um so somebody that day, I think it was this girl, Emma, she posted a link to a video where this guy was doing sound levitation. And he's literally got like, I'll have to send it to you. That's wild. Oh, I, was like, I was like, oh my God, because they basically have like the microphone or the speaker and the like reflector and they can only do like really small things right now. And they actually just started developing a system to do slightly larger things. But yeah, they can like levitate and like make it follow certain patterns and stuff. And I was just like, fuck everybody. I told you guys that this was possible. Here's the video. Well, you can like only do anything (laughs) if it already exists. But you saying that, like that's literally everything that is. Like God spoke it into existence. Like it's literally like the voice in a mirror. Okay, that's what you're like. Yeah, yeah. That just, having that representation of like the system is pretty cool and like yeah that reminds me of this experiment by dr masaru amoto that was in this book called paperboy um it's about this guy who's like little girl get this little sister who has cancer and um she at the process she was like doing this science fair project and it was to examine um how the different so basically you say nice things to like different um, bodies of water and then you freeze the crystals and it like freezes in the different formations. Okay. And so like the idea that like intention can change the pattern. Um, that's an yeah. experiment I've always wanted to like redo. I actually wanted to do it for my science or project, but my teacher said that's not real science. So I ended up testing the absorbency oh of diapers. So <laughs> could have been a professional, but they said, yeah, no. like, I love that. That's not real science. It's like my, it's so funny. My partner has that with um, astrology. He keeps having this argument with me where he's like, it's not real science. And I'm like, first of all, nobody, what is real science? What does that mean? Nobody is necessarily claiming that astrology is an exact real science. Like nobody is out here saying you can look at someone's astrological chart and write out a script for their entire life. You know, like there are landmarks and feelings and certain periods of your life. Like, and I kind of basically tried to explain to him, like astrology is like a tool for understanding your life to like, look at it and be like, Oh, it's like dialogue or vocabulary to Mm -hmm. to have that. And he's like, it's not science. It's just not a real science. I'm like, Oh my God. I think astrology is like equal to tarot. Like as yeah, far as like yeah. it can't tell you anything, but it is like a method to kind of like get to the source of the thing, like and pick yeah. up on themes and patterns. 
He's the same way with tarot and like, and he just like, we've been talking about it a lot recently um, because I started kind of being more open about it with him where I was like, by the way, I'm doing all this stuff. And he was like, he kind of like noticed too. He was like, you just are acting different. Like, I don't know what it is, but like you're acting differently. And I was like, well, I've been uh, watching a lot of live tarot card readings um, and I, you know, do a lot of chanting when I'm in my room alone. I've been doing some magic and he's just like, all right, well, as long as you don't like do anything too crazy or you're being safe, <laughs> then it's fine. Um, but yeah, he like we just had a conversation about tarot and I keep trying to explain to him exactly what you said. It's like it's a way of getting in tune with your own energy so that you mm -hmm. can like receive those messages that would be coming through already just like probably harder to understand, you know. So, yeah. I think yeah, I like, feel like tarot. cards are kind of like subtitles. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I never thought of it yeah. that way, but that way just came. So I was like, that sounds like good. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you still pretty much need the whole picture, but you can kind of get an idea. You know, settles, you know? <laughs> yeah, you miss every, you like, you miss what's actually going on, but you can get hooked on this one thing. God, um, I know that feeling when you're just like watching a movie and you're like, I'm trying to watch a movie, but I'm reading the subtitles. And how do I process this visually while still reading the subtitles you know you know it's even it harder better. i like took this uh lit phone class and we had to like watch the movie um obviously but like we watched a bunch of foreign films so i'm like sitting there trying to like read the subtitles and like pay attention to all the camera angles because <laughs> yeah. yeah. what we had to do is you had to like pause it at one point and then like describe what's going on like what physically um, and then and then after you describe it using words then you have to like interpret it using different words <laughs> it was wow. so complicated and I'm just like and I fall asleep during movies so that was a really yeah. challenging class wow. <laughs> yeah my hardest yeah. class was lit in film like people would think that's an easy a no no I mean like that's hard stuff to interpret no, but I do think it actually, like, helped me with tarot a lot because oh, okay, cool. I, well, in general, it really just um, activated kind of my liminal spaces perception. Um, mm -hmm. And that was mm -hmm. also the same summer where I had my, uh, my awakening experience. Like, nice. everything was kind of like on the, like, I just didn't know anything, but I was like at the spot I actually went to today meditating. And this is like what I did like most mornings and was like looking at the waves and like watching them like touch each other. And then I had this urge to like unfold all these pages in my notebook that I hadn't used like in a while. And I looked and it's like watching the waves wrestle against each other, wondering if I even have a purpose. And I was literally like sitting there thinking about the waves and it had been like two years since I had written that. Yeah. And then I had a voice that said, you're going to be baptized today. You're going to be submerged in a body of water and you're not going to make it happen. And then I left and I had plans to go to work that day at four o'clock. Well, my friend calls me up about 20 minutes later and is like, hey, you want to go kayaking? Oh, wow. Right. Kayaking five minutes later into the kayaking experience. I flipped the kayak over. Yeah. And it was so like. on, I guess kind of with your ghost experience, it's like anticlimactic, but also like the biggest thing not that it yeah. wasn't yours was more like but i guess i mean like when you were like clearing the energy like 
You're mm-hmm. like, you know something crazy is going on, but it's just so, like, weirdly mundane. It's just like, yeah, we're just on vacation. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. It was, like, a super weird energy the whole time, for sure. Yeah. yeah that's awesome, though. That sounds like a really cool experience, just, like, overall, like... Yeah, I couldn't really deny anything after that. (laughs) I feel like that's how it always happens. Like you get to this point where you just can't. Like my first time ever consciously like channeling, I do a lot of my channeling either through through writing songs or through just like automatic writing. Mm -hmm. I'm Um, the same way. So I think it's very interesting. Nice. That is interesting. Um, But yeah, like the first, one of the first times I ever did that and I like, accepted and knew fully that I was doing it I was on mushrooms but I like had one of those times where I didn't take that much but I was like way I don't know how to put it I was like on the verge of realities for that whole experience where I was like I was still here but like the colors were just like alive and speaking to me and Mm -hmm. it was like this whole this whole strange experience I had but then I had to basically just like go outside and be my by myself for like an hour or two because I was afraid that if I said anything out loud to my roommates they were going to be like what the fuck is going on with you over here um and I just had to sit outside and write for a really long time because I started like having all these like channeling things and my Mm -hmm. roommates didn't really know they didn't really know that I was doing that at the time but um yeah, I had like pages and pages and pages of channeled material that was addressed to me from like the god Ra. And I was like, <laughs> what? When you were talking about the pyramids, I was saying, you need to look into the raw law of one. You saying raw again makes me oh, necessary. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so that's that was the weird, the very strange thing about that. Uh, yeah, like so basically I found this thing – after that, I, I had the whole experience first where I did the automatic writing and I was like, I want to like speak to my guides or whatever and like learn more about where I came from. And I had this whole conversation with like him um, where he like just gave me all this information about my past. And but even then was like it was it was so funny because I feel like they always communicate in almost like a, such a cynical way. My, my guides are like very cynical uh-huh. and funny and they'll just be like. So I remember asking, like, I want to know more about my past lives and, like, who I've been in my past lives. And, if like, was I in Egypt? And he was basically like, were you in Egypt? Sure. Were you in this place? Sure. What do you really want to know? Like, there's so many things that you have done that you are what you've always been, you know? And I was just like, oh. But, he, yeah, he kept kind of giving me stuff like that. Like, yes you are what you've always been. You are a healer and you are this and you are like a part of the sun energy because and like all the stuff. But yeah, I had that and I was like, uh, okay. Um, like the God, like the God raw, what are we like doing? What am I? It was definitely one of those things where I was like, am I making this up? Because if I'm making this up and I don't know that I'm making this up, then I am concerned about myself, you know, like what is happening? And then shortly after that, I found the law of one and the way that like even down to whenever, um, 
I was doing the automatic writing. Every time I would ask a question, when I would get a response back, it would start out with Ra is here. And then it would give me like the whole. So I went by, I I found the law of one. And every time he starts with like, I am Ra. And I was like, what is, this is insane, but okay. So yeah, I haven't made it through a lot of the law of one. I have read small little bits and pieces here and I have the audio book and I've been trying to listen to it, but it is like really fucking dense material. But yeah, I mean, a lot of what I got during that was like very much the same too as like, I I think I had like this whole, I became obsessed with the idea that like a black hole had had started our universe or something. I was like obsessed with this idea. And then in the law of one, there's like, I can't find this, this page on the internet now, but there used to be this page on the internet where you could go and like search through the law of one like stuff and I can't find it anymore I think they actually like took it down because they were like we can't verify that this information is like logical um it was like almost like a wiki like a wikipedia yeah page. the law of one dot info um it might because that's that the, what I've used and it has a search option I didn't know if there's anything else I'll have to look and see if it is that one but yeah I found one at first, and the pa- the passage that like really pulled me into that whole thing was the split of two suns, because there's this part in it where Ra speaks about like basically like the split that we would be trying to heal right now, and it's like that when the Earth was when the Earth was created, or it, it, he doesn't really say it as Earth; it says it is just like this. There was this like place, and there was like the sun. And then something happened where the sun like split and there was like a dark sun and a light sun and something needed to be done to like make them merge again. This is why I need to find that because I was like reading it and reading it and it was like high level physics, like science shit about like this event that had happened in space Mm -hmm. and that was like trying so hard to understand it but i need to find that page again so that i can go back and like refresh my memory because yeah that that was like really intense for me to read after like the experience just i don't know i have a super yeah i do actually have like i have a raw tattoo i don't know if you can see it but i have oh super intense connection with like that energy for sure I don't know what it is about it. That's so funny because I saw an onk on a tree oh, like nice. at the park I was at right before this talk. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. I've been noticing a lot more raw stuff probably because I started reading. I'm reading the book of doors right now. Mm. Um, so I realized like, yeah, I definitely need to get more into like the Egyptian energy. Also, when we were talking about, so you were talking about like the spirit shoots and like you would say like i'm of love and light and then like there's constantly the like no love and light and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay like i have like i'm really like doing my shadow work and i'm like okay 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 where do we like meet ourselves like okay what's Mm -hmm. desirable what's undesirable what is like darkness but then like so i'm like okay yes love and light also like you know you don't need to like be violent like you know pretty much all the things you were saying with like you know like buddha like just be do unto others as you would like to done unto yourself. Okay, whatever. Um, but so then I'm like, okay, well, like, what are we, like, good and bad? 
like malevolence still exists i guess is the yeah. thing like there is like an intentional like being like not caring about the consequences like being evil like for lack of a better word like people are like throwing beer cans into the ocean and being like yeah they like it like it's yeah. for the fish yeah. like so what like what point do you distinguish like a healthy amount of shadow or like like yeah. like what does that even mean you know sometimes I smoke cigarettes and I'm like oh yeah I like this but I don't smoke cigarettes often like because mm -hmm. then you know it's like sometimes I'll like feed the demon and I'm like okay let's go have a beer and drink this have a beer and drink a ciggy that, that's what I'm doing um yeah but yeah. you know like you know just because i want to experience things you know i just turned 21 so whatever but at the same time it's like okay but like what are we what are we doing here what's the difference between like light and dark good and evil like what do you how do you if you are like bent on healing how do you like hold both of those and like make all the space and like know what to do yeah yeah that's I, yeah, I've had a lot. I mean, definitely learning about the concept of like shadow work and accepting your shadow side was like super transformative for me because I think I had gotten a lot of like the light and love, like just kind of love and accept your way through every situation and no way of talking about the fact that like it's okay to be angry and it's okay to yeah. feel your negative emotions and to like validate those and sometimes say like, no. I don't have to be happy about this or I don't have to feel like love about this person, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, you're right. Like there is value in the light and love. And like, there are situations where you kind of need a little bit of that, you know? So it's hard to find, it is hard to find the middle ground sometimes, but I also think a lot of it is about the vocabulary that's available to us at the time. Like since that time, I have sort of altered my mantra now so that when I do say it, I'm saying I'm a being of light and love in full control of my darkness. And then I go on to say the rest. But I love that though. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that just came as I learned more about that, you know? And the other thing is with the whole like Pleiadian thing, the people who, what, what most people say about like what that existence was like is that it was like all light and sound that it was just like no form really that we didn't have physical bodies as like pleiadians or they're these like they have light just their light bodies pretty much and yeah so i think that's a lot of like why that came to me in that way too is like i am a being made of light you know like that is and that also goes back to the idea of like we're all made of like you were saying we're all made of star stuff we're all made of like light and particles and, and dirt and dirt <laughs> frequencies you know so yeah i don't know i think there's a healthy balance of of light and love and of course don't spiritual bypass your way through awful things and just say like you know what i'm supposed to sit in this and and always hold the space for light and love like no feel feel what you feel and be honest with the world you know but yeah. Also, don't be afraid to like, I think that is a big, there's been like a big, um, almost like disdain or like people kind of like, uh, eh, the light and love stuff, you know, recently. And I get it for sure. But I also think, yeah, we should be still accepting of that energy where it is necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like there are times, 
I mean, I'm not going to be nice to you when you're being disrespectful to me. Like, I can be, you know, you can show kindness without necessarily being, like, overly, you know, I guess there is, like, this overzealous, like, you know, when, I mean, I guess in my personal experience, I'm a very angry person, so someone will, like, do something, like, you know, two people are arguing, like, about to get heated, and they're like, okay, we'll agree to agree firm handshake and I'm gonna go on a firm handshake like I'm going to be aggressive about it and it's like okay we're done and then like that's when things get started it's just like yeah Yeah. like how do you yeah yeah I mean I think like the the yoga perspective on it is like very it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately um because in yoga you have the idea of ahimsa which is non-violence and that's like non-violence in every aspect like not killing bugs not hurting yourself taking care of your body not saying harmful things to others you know um not obviously practicing violence against others but then you also have like this moral obligation to defend people who are in need and to help people and to like go out of your way to give that defense to people when it's needed and so like i have come to just these like like silly little moral quandaries you know where i'm like what if there's a bee and i am allergic to bees because i'm like i'm supposed to be nonviolent, so i'm not supposed to kill the bee but I am allergic to bees and I'm supposed to be nonviolent to myself and I'm supposed to defend people who need defending. So where do I let, you know, like I get to this weird point where I'm like, what is the more, the morally correct thing here to do? Like, I think obviously it's possible just yourself to the situation. Yeah. If it's possible, just like get away from the bee. But I guess this is talking about a situation where I'm like trapped in a room with a bee or something. And I'm like, well, then I would have to kill the bee at that point because I am allergic to them. And if I'm in a small room alone with a bee and I don't have a way to get away from it, I could like have an anaphylactic reaction, you know? And so it's just the, the weird, tiny, silly moral example of like what I've been struggling with mm-hmm. where it's like, do you just practice this acceptance of all situations? Like in that situation, do I just sit quietly and wait for this bee to sting me, you know? And say, you know what? I'm accepting. I practice nonviolence, and this is if the, if that's what happens, then that's what happens, you know. And I'm here. I'm holding space for this bee. Or do I say like, no, fuck this. I'm gonna have to protect myself here and either get out of the situation or kill this bee. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the same thing I see with like a lot of things in society right now, where it's like if somebody is being harmful in the way that they're talking or they're being threatening or violent it's not kind to leave that alone it's it's like actually not kind to say i'm gonna ignore this and let you continue behaving this way like the true act of kindness in that situation is to one step out and defend the people who need to be defended but two be honest with this person who is acting in this way that their behavior is not okay you know Because we do a lot of like placating in our society where it's like, yeah, that person is like a little bit this, but you know, we just kind of deal with it or like, yeah, my aunt throws these temper tantrums, but nobody wants to fight with her. So we all just kind of like let her do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's not really like, in my opinion, I don't really think that's what love is. Like, I don't think just like ignoring people and letting them go about being shitty is not really the, the most loving way to do that, you know? 
I mean, yeah, it's not the most loving, but like, what about in a situation? I guess I'm talking for a very personal situation, which is just like, okay, well, like, if you were going to continue to like keep doing the same shitty things, it's like, as much as you love them, like, there's not really, it's like, oh, well, I've, I've tried to speak to you. I've mm-hmm. like tried, but like, you have no, you, like, I guess it depends on like the amount of space that other person would have, which would be, yeah. 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 And I mean, it's all situational. Like there could be situations where you are able to step out and say like, Hey, I don't think it's okay for you to do this. And you can have that conversation and then maybe they're not accepting of it. And maybe you don't have the space for them. They don't have the space for you. And then in that situation, like usually kind of the kind thing to do is be like, okay, well maybe we should like not be around each other. You know, if I don't have the space for you and you don't have the space for me, then I guess we need some time apart or we need to go off on our own and think, think, think about things or, you know, that's just like, I think it's because I come from a family that very much like swept things under the rug and never mm-hmm. talked about things. And I'm pretty much the only person in my family who steps up and will be like, Hey, you can't like, you know, get all emotional this way at this family gathering where you're just kind of throwing a temper tantrum because it's not fair and you're like just going off on everyone and like most of my family is like oh my gosh Carrie you can't be that you can't like be so combative this way and I'm just like no I'm not combative like you guys just don't talk about anything and that's like I guess really that energy that I'm getting at is like when you do truly love someone if there is something wrong you are not just going to let that be swept under the rug right you know what i mean so yeah i think we really lack the ability to communicate about difficult situations yeah absolutely well and it's (laughs) there's actually this book called the subtle art of not giving a fuck that uh, my boyfriend loves and he read it and felt very like changed mentally and emotionally it changed a lot of his like behavior patterns and helped him figure some stuff out But in that book, the author talks about how um, our society is very focused on like everything has to be okay all the time. So like kind of like spiritual bypassing, like Mm -hmm. you should be constantly working towards happiness. You should be constantly working towards success. And his point is that you are not always going to be happy and you're not always going to be successful. And there's no reason to strive for that all the time. And all it's going to do is cause you stress. And I was like, (laughs) Like just hearing that put in that way, it was like, oh my God, holy shit. Like, why do we? So his whole thing is like, don't base, like we base our goals off of what we don't want. So Mm -hmm. we say, I want to have enough money that I'm not struggling. I want to have a good job that I don't feel stressed out when I go to it. (laughs) Instead of saying, I want to be financially successful or I want to work in a job that makes me happy. Instead of just stating the positive thing, we're ha- we have this focus on like getting away from the negative thing. And yeah, that like reframing was very powerful for me as well. Just to think of it that way. I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, I already felt like a shift. Like as you were saying it, I felt like like energy being like pulled off my back <laughs> and like sitting up a little. I'm like, oh, okay yeah, right <laughs> especially the specific things that you said i'm like yeah that's, that's literally what my mind's been saying on refeed so wow that's awesome yeah, yeah. That's, it was it was very powerful for sure i feel um, financially abundant 
also i know that energetically abundant um you have a thing soon um i'm being mindful I do, of the time. yeah yeah i do have to get um off pretty soon here uh to get ready for my lessons and stuff but uh okay yeah it's yeah it's just i don't know the whole i don't know spiritualism has become like such an interesting thing in the world i think um it's such a hot topic <laughs> it is yeah and it's like yeah almost like sensationalized and part of me thinks that's good and part of me does see it as kind of bad it's like yeah it is like trendy right now to be getting into like witchcraft and star seeds and all this stuff you know but at the same time maybe it's cool that more people are being exposed to it you know that it's becoming more mainstream or more acceptable yeah i think it's like the body that that ends up taking it's just yeah i have a friend who just got his first tech of tarot cards and he just thinks he's nice. like he's like reading these occult books and he's just like yeah i got it all figured out and i'm like yeah, yeah. the more you know the less you'll realize you know nothing like like literally oh yeah <laughs> like the, every time i learn something new i'm like wow i literally have four billion other things to learn like yeah there's just so much like there's so much knowledge out in the world to be like sought, you know? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. It's, it's an interesting journey just to like go out and be, I know for me personally, for like years, I thought, Oh, I'm just like empathic. And then I was like super interested in witchcraft and witchy things, but I never fully dug into it. And then I would like go buy a bunch of crystals and buy some candles and buy a few things and then like do one thing with them and then like not mess with it all for like months, you know? And then I went through this phase where I was like, I need to learn all about Wicca and I need to learn about this style of witchcraft and this and how do you do candle magic and what's the meaning of every crystal? And I was like trying to like learn everything before yeah. I reached a point where I was like, oh, most people like literally just do magic their own way. Like most people are just out here like making it up. And when you talk to people who are legit too, they're like, oh, how do you make a book of shadows? Will you just write down everything you do magically? And you're like, oh, <laughs> I thought it was like more complicated and magical than that, you know, but yeah, it's, it's so funny. I've been trying to explain that to my partner too. Cause like, I've, I know I've mentioned him a couple of times throughout this podcast. He's like the only person that I have physical interactions with That's these fine. days um but he's also kind of funny because i feel like he's it's like into not well he's like sensitive to a lot of paranormal stuff but he is sort of doesn't want to fuck around with it right now because yeah. he got very overwhelmed at a point kind of um he's had some like mental health stuff mm. in his past and uh it makes it hard for him sometimes to discern what is mental health issues and what is a paranormal experience i definitely struggle with that as well so yeah it's and i mean i really like empathize with that it's it's hard um and it's hard like watching him go through some of the things that have happened where i'm there with him and i'm like i'm i can verify to you like this is you're not crazy like this is a real thing and he's just like i don't know i don't know i can't i don't know it's so good he, that you're an anchor though in that way I do really try to be, um, but there's a lot of times when he just really doesn't want it. He'll be like, hey, this is freaking me out. I don't want to talk about this. I'm like, that's okay. okay. No worries, you know? Um, and I, I totally accept that, like, he's in that place with his life because, like, he is magical as fuck, but he does get really overwhelmed and scared by some of it sometimes. Um, it's a lot of but yeah, I've been Yeah, I've been trying to explain to him lately, like, I, with me kind of getting more involved with, like, having – 
magical practices like in my daily life where I'm like, I'm getting more involved in herbalism and like doing more ritualistic practices of like burning herbs and candles and things, you know? And I kind of at a certain point just had to tell him like, Hey, um, I'm doing a lot of magic, you know? (laughs) And he's like, okay, well, I mean, as long as you're being careful. And I was like, look, it's, it's just like, what most people do as magic nowadays is basically a lot of like intention work and like working with the earth Mm -hmm. and believing in kind of like your own energetic abilities. Mm -hmm. It's not like, I mean, I'm sure there are still people out here that are like, you know, getting bird's feet and digging them into the dirt and like casting spells over them. I don't know, but that's not the kind of magic that I found when I went seeking magic, you know? So like, yeah. And I've just been trying to explain to him and a couple other people that I know that it's like, it's not this fucking thing where I'm like, I'm going to cast a spell on you and it's going to like totally change your life and everything's going to be different for you tomorrow. It's like, no, it's mostly like just working with your own intuition. Like so subtle. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah it's not uh, yeah i don't know i think that's just like a misperception like everyone's like thinks we're like marlin or something i mean like, it's because oh, the media that's like what you have i mean and it's done intentionally is like to paint this yeah. kind of beyond real like evil like how many good witches do you see i mean you see good wizards sometimes but i right. mean i don't know i think it's all a bit it's made yeah. to seem too fantastical i mean that's the whole thing is like I mean, I'll, like, get nudges to look things up, and it's all, like, in the fantasy world. And it's, like, I think the phrase fantasy is a way to, like, kind of gatekeep our imagination. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, I mean, I think one of the hugely overarching themes in, like, our Western society especially is, yeah, saying those things are silly or not real or impossible. Um, Because when you really think about it, like, if there were going to be a source of power in the world, Mm-hmm. how bad would it be for the higher-ups in the world if everybody had unlimited access to that power? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the higher-ups in our society, if if everybody was just able to go around manifesting their reality and, like, just seeing the truth of who each person is and it was impossible to lie – those people in the in the higher positions of our society would like not be profiting the way that they are, you know? And so I think that our society has been kind of constructed in a way where we have like in not demonized, but we've made it seem silly to be into like witchcraft or the idea of manifesting or crystals or energy work or any of these practices, even yoga. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's silly. It's like a a hobby thing. It's like not a real science, you know, it's whatever. And I think that was done very intentionally because it's like, okay, well, if we convince everybody that this is a silly thing, then people won't pursue it. And we won't have to deal with all these people who have access to this power you know i think that's exactly i mean in all like civilizations where like powers like why did we ever have a king like how did that ever happen like people just got really good it's like okay how can i learn just enough to make sure other people don't know more than me like how do i gate it's literally all about gatekeeping power 
it makes me wonder like the first like, i don't know like the first king like the first person who ever decided they were going to be a king like did they just convince these people like they just came in and they were like i have decided i know what's best for all of you and you'll do what i say now the birth and of a narcissist like so scared or confused that they were like oh my god this guy knows what to do you know like i don't know i i think that you kind of have to keep society powerless in order for them to feed into power systems like that yeah because i think that's where the start reclaiming from yeah, when people start reclaiming their own power, then they go, okay, we don't need a fucking leader. Why would we want a leader? Like, that seems ridiculous. We want to all be in charge of ourselves, right? So, and yeah. Um, in my first week of, like, taking a government class, it's, like, the whole, like, working premise is that people can't govern themselves and they need laws. And I'm, like, no, no. I think that's just what we're taught so people try less hard. Yeah, what we had before that, was we had tribes and we had communities of people and sometimes they would have like a board of elders or like a few of the oldest people or a few of the smartest people all get together and they kind of make the big decisions for the community cool that's great yeah and i love it but when did we i i think part of it was like just when we started getting more into industrialism i guess because people couldn't support themselves anymore you know it was like nobody had gardens and crops anymore it was just like okay all of a sudden now i have to go to the grocery store to buy my food like that's what i struggle going back and forth between like is the problem industrialism or capitalism so i'm really grateful you brought that up since we were like talking about capitalism it's like that separation from nature like separation from source and then someone else can pretend to be the source Mm -hmm, exactly and it's like um like this podcast i heard once where they talked about um the level of residual anxiety that people have these days is so much higher because we're not we used to basically live in a society where our only job was to like work your farmlands take care of your family get your own food and that was it it was like you take care of your own survival and the way we have society now it's like that's in someone else's hands like you work at a job and that person has the power to decide whether you get to eat or not you know and that creates this like this residual anxiety where everyone's walking around going like i'm not in control of this like i don't have the power to be sovereign over my own fucking survival you know it's like it's very stressful for sure for a lot of people but I am hoping to see a little bit of a collapse of industrialism. And I know that like a lot of people don't want like society to fall apart and stuff. And I do get that. But like a lot of our systems are fucking broken and we just have to get rid of them. Like it's weird that five Starbucks would exist within one mile all for people to just like go and want coffee. Like this whole establishment. And I went to Starbucks today. Like, yeah. I am the problem, but yeah. I mean, and and I wouldn't mind it not existing anymore, and we just um be left to filter our own water. Yeah, like I could make my own coffee uh, if I needed to. I could learn how to um, grow coffee beans. And the other thing is, this is like a whole fucking paradox that we built for ourselves because I would love to put all of my time and energy into 
making a sustainable garden and growing crops and teaching people how to grow crops and helping my community do that. However, I don't, I'm not able to do that because I have to worry about making a living for myself. Mm -hmm. So like we've literally created this paradox of like, you can't get enough built up to go and take that break from society to get more in tune with the earth. Like nobody's making enough money to save, to go build their own sustainable cabin in the woods. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a whole fucked up system. Brothers. Our capitalist, our version of capitalism in America has really not worked Carol out well. And, um, and yeah, there's like seven people who are super rich and everybody else is just fucked, honestly. But they're smarter and better looking than you. You're welcome. You get to pay them. And underwater. I just think it's so funny. I think it's so funny. Like, I just can't wait. I can't wait until they're just like me. All around. I don't even want them to have anything so bad i just want them to like um, i just oh i saw someone on the sorry i i love you homeless person but i saw this person who was homeless on the side of the road and i was oh well, i was actually at the so, starbucks okay um like loose but he looked like leonardo dicaprio and i was thinking like i wonder if people like would give money to leonardo dicaprio if they saw him begging on the street yeah Wow. The first noise that came out of my mouth is a really loud yeah. hi. We can I bring question. that up in every intro. We can wrap up Where can people find noise. you? But um, I have I an found Instagram that, that is uh, K Rob Music. Really nice underscores and clean, in it, so it's like K underscore that, underscore music. But um. It really, I, I appreciate the rawness and the vulnerability on, on of it being like exactly what it is because uh, I'm doing this for the vulnerability and my, like, for um, music for lessons sake. for like so piano, guitar, saxophone, said, clarinet, ukulele, as well as vocal coaching. And then K-Rom I'm just starting to do like the new system of intuitive vocal coaching. Get some I think music lessons it, from so. her because I am. Uh, yeah, I my website, K Rob Music, or uh, Instagram. Is also um, about that. shadow singing. Same awesome. So if shadow Thank singing you or so intuitive singing, um, I'm on Instagram at Cosmic Giggles with a K. And I'm working on building a website right now, which is FractalSoul.com. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been really fun talking to you. That being said, awesome. Thank you. You know what time it is. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Let's get to it. See you on the other side.